You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Good morning, church. Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter. I'm so glad that all of you are with us. All of you, if you need, does anybody need a chair? Do we need a chair? I got a chair right here if you need one. All right, if you don't need a chair, come grab it. Or you can come sit up here if you'd like. Today is the day that most people don't realize this is the day they have been waiting for for so long. We don't even have any idea. I know we're having a good time, but today is the day that most of us, let alone the rest of the world, have no idea how much we need this day, how much we've been waiting for it. This is the day that all of creation through all of history has been groaning and longing for, waiting for expectantly. When that day comes, when all things are made right, when Jesus comes out of the grave, and leads the charge of the new creation, setting the world back to right. This is that day. But for some of us, let's be honest, I know that Easter can feel like sometimes we got to put on a face because it's just not been that day for us for a long time. If we're honest, maybe we're really tired this morning. Maybe we are like worn out and those bells were like, whose idea was that? Can't handle this. Maybe recently you've been suffering. Maybe you've faced incredible sorrow recently. I have, a loss of a dear friend of mine. Maybe recently you've experienced a lot of loneliness. Maybe this day isn't that day for you. Lives a little less than perfect. How, do, how are we supposed to celebrate a day like this? with lives like ours. Easter may feel impossible for some of you. How are we supposed to put on a face to act like all things are well when our life is covered in such a dark fog? We want to celebrate. I know we want to want to celebrate, but if we're honest, so many of us, this just doesn't feel like a resurrection kind of life that we're living. If you look out in the world, it doesn't look like this is a resurrection kind of life that we're living, right? How are we supposed to celebrate something like this with lives like ours? Well, it may surprise you, but if that's where you're at this morning, this is exactly where the Easter story begins. You're actually right there. That moment of darkness, that moment of the unknown, that moment of sorrow, you're there with the disciples. This is where the dawn of Easter begins. Before sunrise, the light had come. Before the light had come, when Mary Magdalene and the mother of James came to the place where Jesus, their beloved one, was dead and buried. Can you imagine the darkness in their lives in that moment? They carried spices to anoint his body and mourn this loss on their way to the tomb. How heavy must that have been for them? Can some of you relate to that? How heavy must that have been, that walk to the tomb? And not only that, but not only to to have that loss, but then to come in contact with this lifeless body of Jesus and anoint it. They They had no idea what was about to happen. 
You got to be present to that moment with them as they mourn the loss of their blessed Jesus as they anoint his body. Of course, I'm sure when they left the house, I can totally imagine the grief that they were overcome with. They didn't even plan very far ahead. When they got to the tomb, they realized, who's going to roll the stone away for us? Of course, they didn't plan ahead. It was a massive stone. Scripture goes out of its way to say, parentheses, it was a huge stone, by the way. (laughs) So they asked one another, these ladies, as they came to the tomb, can you imagine this, the heaviness, seeing that stone in front of the tomb, they can't even get to the one they want to mourn. Another obstacle, another thing in the way, another heaviness. They couldn't even get to him. They weren't strong enough to get to him. They didn't have what it took. It would take like a lot of people to move that stone. They didn't have a lot of people. Who could be strong enough to reunite them with the body of the one they loved? And after all of this, at this point, it must have seemed like just salt in the wound. Like, here, it's a Monday, again. Another obstacle and a line of obstacles on our way to try and make things right. We might as well, you know what, Mary? I can see this. Mary, we're not going to be able to even open the tomb. Let's just head back. Let's just give up. What's the point? What are we going to do? Stand there and look at the tomb? Might as well turn back. The stone is too big. The grief is too heavy. The darkness too deep. Easter is impossible if death has the final say. Amen? If. So what did the Marys do? Well, really, all scripture tells us that they did. They didn't really do much. They looked up. They looked up. And when they did, Scripture tells us they saw that the stone, which was pretty big, had already been rolled back. All they did was look up, and they saw that someone had already done the work that they were incapable of doing on their own. They had realized that someone had helped them in their hour of need when they didn't even realize they needed help. The stone was already rolled back for them. Looking into the dark tomb, can you imagine the stone is rolled away? There's this pitch black dark tomb. This is that moment in the movie where we're all saying, don't go in there, (laughs) right? Stop, are are you kidding? And yet, what do they do? Of course, they go in there. As they entered the tomb, Mark says, they saw a young man, picture this, dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. No kidding. (laughs) Jesus, where's Jesus? Where's the crucified one? Where is he? He tells them, he's not here. You're looking in the wrong place. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Another account tells us. Jesus had been raised. Pause for a moment here. Step into their lives for a minute, Mary and Mary. What? Can you imagine being in that dark tomb with this young man in a white robe? Who are you, by the way? And what is the news that you have for us? Yes, he's been raised. Now go and tell the disciples, especially Peter. Make sure you tell Peter. So with not joy and excitement, but listen, terror and amazement, which had seized these women, of course, they ran. Should I unmute? What's happening? There we go. They ran to spread this impossible news. 
this news that if you think about this, if this news were true, this would change everything. Nothing would ever be the same. What sacred news first entrusted, the most important news of the world entrusted to these women to go and tell. What sacred news? These were, these women were the apostles to the apostles, the sent ones being sent with the kind of news that would bring terror and amazement to all of creation, to everyone who heard it, all people, all history, Christ is risen. This news. Is this new news? Where, where did this come from? No, this is like totally anticipated. This is totally expected if you had eyes to see, but nobody had eyes to see this. The prophets warned us of this day when, quote, he will destroy the shroud that is cast over all peoples, Isaiah writes. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. It will be said on that day, lo, this is your God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Oh my goodness, Isaiah, long before this happened, told of this day. But how can this be? Think about this for a minute. We're like clear-headed, modern, educated people. How can this be? That not only someone has defeated death, but this was foretold by some prophet years before? How can this be? You know, that's like a really interesting question and there's actually a ton of evidence to help us support this. But you know what's a way better question, I think? When we were lost in our own darkness, when we were lost in our distress, in the lives that you're living now that you feel the heaviness and the darkness of sin in. When darkness had overcome us, when we had lost all faith, even maybe in Jesus himself, when we denied him, when we said crucify him, when we split the spoils of the dead, his own garments among each other. We're the ones who rolled the stone over his grave. We're the ones who put him there, cutting ourselves off from light. We are those ones sealing our escape from death. Heck, I don't even know in this point if you can call yourself a Christian. How is it, how can it be that our Lord has even overcome us to save us? Yes, how is it that he's raised from the dead? What a, what a great mystery. But how is it that the Lord has come to rescue us, to bring us with him? Not just to defeat death for defeating death's sake, but to actually bring us along with him. Resurrection isn't just some sort of thing that we put on Christian mantles and go, look how cool Jesus is. Not at all. If you think that, you're totally missing the point. The resurrection of Christ has everything to do with you. It's for you that he did this. Do you think that Jesus needed to die for his sake? No. Did he need to be raised from the dead for his sake? No. It was all for our sake. How is it, O oh Lord, that you could do such a thing for us? The same people who denied you, the same people who said crucify you, you have saved. You are mighty to save. That, my friends, is a great mystery. The grace of God for us. Church, this morning, all we have to do is look up. We don't have to roll the stone away. All we have to do is look up. The one you're looking for has accomplished the impossible. He has trampled over death by death. In his strength, he has bound up sin. 
in all of its power in your life, he has broken its authority and its power in your life. In his might, he has broken that which breaks us. He has overcome it. Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are looking for, friends, he's not here, he's risen from the grave. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The church gets to talk smack to the rest of history like never before now. If you need some smack to talk, this is it. Listen, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Come at me. What do you got? You have nothing because the risen Jesus has totally fractured all of your power and emptied all of your rule over all of creation. You have no say anymore. Death does not get the final word. Jesus does. And because of this, everything's changed. Everything has changed. He's alive. So now God's new world has begun. It's already underway. Whether you believe it or not, it's happening. It's just kind of news. This is what's happening in the world. God's new creation is underway. Jesus is risen. Therefore, the world has been redeemed and is being redeemed. He's risen so hate and violence and sin and darkness and racism and oppression and the ungodly rulers of the world, the destruction of all of creation, all of it is emptied of its power because Jesus is risen. He's rolled away the stone for us, trampled over death for us. How many ways, friends, can we say this in such a way that it will sink into our bones and we will get it and live it Jesus is alive. He's conquered for us and he's establishing his kingdom. Who's with me? Who wants to go? I want a part of that. Tanya, I see that hand, sister. I want in on that. Jesus has made a way in for us. Friends, Easter isn't just about throwing a huge party. That's part of it for sure. But what are we supposed to do with this news? Well, first of all, We've got to repent. And I know this word repent, everyone's like, oh, he's, here we go again. No, let me just reframe repentance for you. What repentance is, is leaving death and sin behind and choosing to go with the resurrection of Jesus. In all of its forms, I'm gonna stop this and I'm gonna go with him. I may not even know how this all works, but I know that I'm going with him. Church, this is what Easter gives us, this moment to turn to him, to see the light of Christ and to follow but it also means we have some serious work to do as a church. Living in the light of the resurrection means that we share in his life the light of the great conqueror. We live with him. We share this life with him to go and tell this impossible story of our redemption. Let us join the risen Christ, cooperating with him as he brings about new life in our life. As we go out and reconcile wherever there is division, we are we're a resurrection people. As we go forgiving others, just as we've been forgiven, we're living in the resurrection. As we deal out the goodness of God as if it is endless, we're living in the light of the resurrection. There's a new creation and we, friends, we are its ambassadors. We are its dealers to our neighbors, to our friends, to our families, to our coworkers, to everyone, we get to go and deal out the life of the resurrection. So church, we repent and then we get busy making the kind of beauty, just this is what a sacrament is, for instance, making the kind of beauty that brings forward the resurrection life of Christ into our lives. 
into the darkness of the world. For instance, love one another. Bring forward the resurrection life of Jesus in your love for others. Forgive others. Go and make things right where you've screwed things up. And don't be afraid. Go brew beer. Praise the Lord. Paint something. Dance with your children or anyone in the street. Throw a gigantic party. Go play. Run through the sprinkler. This is the resurrection life. Bring forward the goodness of God and his new heaven and his new earth into the lives of our people, our neighbors, into our own lives. It also looks like sharing time with those who are in need, visiting them, helping those in recovery, serving the poor, bringing forward the mercy of God that he's given us, bringing forward that mercy to others. Seek justice, friends. What does it look like for a church living in the resurrection to seek justice, to speak up for the oppressed, those who have no voice, those who are being written off? We can denounce violence without qualification. As a resurrection people, we can say no to violence, to racism. We can bring forward the Easter hope that all things in humanity are being made right in the resurrection of Jesus. So we get to participate. Friends, we get to do this work, not as if we're doing the heavy lifting. You know, when your kids help you do something, you're like, oh, that's cute. Thanks for the help. But you're kind of in the way a little bit. Well, it's a little bit like this. We get to participate with the Lord, but we're not the ones who've rolled away the stone. We're not the ones who have raised him from the dead. We're not the ones that have to lead the charge. That's our Lord. We get to just like follow in his wake and participate with him. To live in the resurrection is to live without fear now that sin and death have been trampled and dethroned. Church, let us be the kind of community that actually lives into our name. By the way, this is where we get our name. This is our feast day. We are a people of the resurrection. Let us repent, let us be baptized, and let's get to the work of the new creation, bringing forward the goodness of God's risen life in Jesus. Amen? Amen. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.